Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the 40-Yard Line Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Evan Veith. Uh. Sitting right next to me, to my right as usual, is Jacob Campos. What's going on, guys? How are y'all? Great to be here. Uh, weird. I've been doing the introductions like the last month. Yeah, you've done yeah. a lot. Of, I was, that was right different. when I started talking, I was like, oh, this is a little different. It was yeah. different. It but felt I, good. It felt good. It felt right. It, felt it was right. good. Evan and I did not have a fight last week. I know that we told each other we were going to try to fight to build our chemistry. We didn't. We didn't. We, we haven't seen each other enough in the past week is probably why. We should fix that. We should fix that, yeah. You want to hang out on Friday? Yeah, why not? Let's hang out on Friday. Cool. Okay, perfect. There you go. All right. <laughs> Either way, uh, we got a lot to talk about today. We have a special guest that will be joining us in a little bit, mm-hmm. Eleanor, and we are so happy to have her here with us. First, though, we have a little bit of breaking news from the Texas football area. I'm not going to spend too much time on it, but they have officially brought in Chris Jackson, the former wide receiver coach from the Jacksonville Jags, and pretty big get to fill in uh, Brendan Marion's role, JC. Yeah, I mean, what more can you say? I mean, all you need to say is he came from the NFL, mm-hmm. and... What other world is a coach leaving to go from the NFL to the NCAA unless he was fired? This doesn't happen. This isn't a common occurrence. Mm-hmm. And it should give you a lot of confidence that, one, Sark's the best recruiter in the game straight up. Even for That's, coaches. <laughs> even for coaches. Sark knows what he's doing. Two, Chris Jackson this year, the two guys that he coached, the two, I believe that they led the Jaguars receiving this year. Well, I, there's three guys that you can really bring up with this three. as well. So yeah. I'll let you talk about the third, but Christian Kirk, former Texas A&M wide receiver, who is just so inefficient, underused in Arizona, comes out, has a huge breakout year. And Zay Jones, who saved the back half of my fantasy football season. Those two guys just had tremendous years and helped Trevor Lawrence recover from that awful freshman year that he had. And... Took them pretty far in the playoffs, and for the first half, they kind of held their own against the Kansas City Chiefs this past weekend. Definitely. But, look, you guys, you got to love this. you got to love the hire. Now, what I've been reading a lot from the articles is that Sark has brought him in not as a recruiter, but as a professional developer, which is going to be great for that one guy that we've always had our question marks about, Xavier Worthy. Definitely. This is exactly what Worthy wants. He wants a coach that's going to get him ready for the NFL. I'm excited. I'm ecstatic to see what this room does when they get to work. Um, I'll let you talk about that third receiver now, but I'm just saying I think this this is the coaching hire that we needed. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not really a receiver, which is why probably we haven't talked about it. But also, I mean, the career resurgence of Evan Engram under, mm-hmm. under him, though he wasn't the tight ends coach, Evan Engram lines up in the slot a lot. True. Is one of the more receiver-heavy tight ends in the league. Does not block very much. That was always his knock. Um, so this is a coach who took – Three guys who were all free agents or new acquisitions this year. Three guys who were very undervalued by everyone else. Christian Kirk was being called the most overpaid player in the NFL. And Christian Kirk ended the year with 1,100 receiving yeah. yards. Zay Jones, 800. Evan Ingram, almost 800. There was at 2,700 between the three of them. I mean, that's just crazy from three guys that most teams are passing up on. Yep. Great yeah. job from first year for him, Jackson, in Jacksonville. He had been in Chicago before. And he took them from a bottom 10 passing offense to a top 12 passing offense. I mean, he made three three not great players into some great-looking assets. And as JC said, the real big thing with this is that Xavier Worthy is getting an NFL connection right here. And as much as we know nothing about the behind the scenes, there's a feeling that, you know, if they're do, doing a move like this, you know, maybe Coach Marion, though he was a great recruiter, wasn't, you know, getting along right with Worthy because Worthy struggled last year. And it was obvious there's a bit of a disconnect with that wide receiver room. This will be a crazy talented receiver room. Great coach, it seems, that's coming in. Mm-hmm. And hopefully this means that we're going to see Xavier Worthy really turn turn into the best receiver in the country or top three 
next year. You know, and I think that's a great point. That I actually really thought about until you talked about it. But, you know, you go, to, you go to UT Twitter during the regular season, and the running backs are always getting hyped up with the shard choice, you know. Yeah, yeah. The running backs are always like, that's my dog, that's my number one. In, in the wide receiver room, you're right. It really was. It did seem a lot of individually based. Mm-hmm. There was that. I, I like that. That's a good point of disconnect. Uh, we don't want to dog on no, Marion. and we're not. Because we Marion was so happy with him as well. Don't he was great. That. He ran a fantastic offense at Pitt before he came here. Mm-hmm. And you saw the wide receivers in the 2021 season. It was a vast improvement this year. Yeah. No was. knock on Marion as a coach. But it was just, it's a good point to make. But for me, my only thing is this just now raises the stakes for years even higher. Mm-hmm. It's, he's, now, he's now got a better coordinator in theory to help him with the passing game. Hopefully gives a little bit off from Sark in that regard. And, you know, now the two most important players at UT, I'd say next year, Quinn Ewers and Xavier Worthy, yeah, have another, another, piece, another piece of the pie to help him out. Before we close that, we just need Sark to give up play calling duties. Yeah. We'll be all set for next that, that's season. That's maybe for a September discussion of the 40-yard line five. Oh, it will be happening in September, trust me. Yep. Definitely. Orange and white game, April 15th, guys. Mark the calendars. We can see the new team. Uh, now we're going to transition into our next segment, talking about Texas basketball. Last time we left you, we left in rather, you know, pretty sad territory, talking about how we just faced a brutal beatdown uh, the week against, was it Iowa State? I believe? It was Iowa State. It was Iowa State. Texas, once again, just going blank on offense, not scoring for the last, I believe it was like six minutes. They didn't score a bucket, yeah. relying just on free throws to carry them to the end of the half. Now, a little bit of a resurgence last night. Texas taking a good lead over OSU, 89-75. It took a while to get it done because in the first half, OSU started to knock down their three-point buckets. But UT went on a nice little 6-0 run to kick it out in the first half. And then 49-43. Still gave up 43 points to an Oklahoma State team. But once again, and I believe the commentator said it the best last night, no win in the Big 12 is going to be given this year. Mm-hmm. The Big 12 top to bottom is the best conference in basketball. Not even close. It's not even close. I mean, K-State, I'm going to check on that score because K-State was struggling last night. But UT picking up, once again, is a huge conference win. you got to love it. Decent play from everybody, guys, last night. And getting a win on Saturday, too, against West Virginia. Uh, Evan, what do you got to say about any of this? I mean, as much as, you know, there's a little bit to worry about because of the Iowa State game, they went, bounced back, got a road win, got a home win. The crowd's been good. Brock Cunningham against Oklahoma State dropped a career high with 15 points. And, you know, UT's struggling on the offensive end, especially behind the three-point line. That's not a question. But at the end of the day, this is the best offense they've had statistically since 2009-2010 when Rick Barnes was still there. Avery Bradley has not was still a freshman in college. So this team is scoring better than any team we've seen very recently, in the, since the 2010s. And even though the three-point shooting isn't the best, Marcus Carr is having – a great, great kind of second year at UT. Almost, almost getting you know, though he's a fifth year, getting a little bit of sophomore kind of, kind of resurgence for him as a UT player. And he, you know, had 50, 44 points combined in the last two games. Been carrying the squad as well as shooting very efficiently. Yep. Um, it's just the the annoying part is there's not really that second guy every single game that we're relying on. Timmy Allen this past at Tyrese Hunter. Tyrese Hunter had zero off. points up until the very end um, of this last game. But the game before he scored 11 and. You know, Dsu and Bishop in, against West Virginia combined for 24 on top of Trey Mitchell, former UT uh, Longhorn. Um, <laughs> but this just, you know, this week didn't really change much for me. It's, you know, I they agree. beat two teams that they should have beaten. I The West Virginia game could have been more comfortable. It's an away game. It's all right. And the team looks good. I think there's a chance. We'll talk about this. They have a chance against Tennessee. This game is not a... <laughs> You're this funny. Is, this game is not a automatic loss, but it You're will... You're funny. It will be a tough one, JC. 
It's it's not going to be close, buddy. You don't think so I'm at just, all? I'm being very blunt with you right now because everything we talked about last week, you're exactly right. Cunningham, he's always going to shoot the three. He just got lucky last night, guys. I don't know. He's been better recently. Brock's not always going to go three for three. That's, that's just that just doesn't happen. And Dylan Mitchell only had five points. I don't know. We're acting like we did. I mean, don't get me wrong. He was a demon last night on the boards. He was going crazy. He was insane last he was night. Doing on the, the scrappy boards. stuff. And I, that's what I love to see. I love that, but. I mean, God, these guys just aren't getting enough minutes when Marcus Carr and Timmy Allen are out there, you know, the entire game. And no, Marcus Carr played 36 minutes last night. Yeah. That's absurd. For me, once again, it's the same argument I've made to you last week. It's the same argument I've made all season. I'm going to continue to make all season. That this team just has that inability. And it was, excuse me, a 7-2, to not a 6-0 run to end the first half, I did check. But once again, this team, they just – they will – go six, seven minutes without scoring a basket. And now it's no longer a guarantee if it's in the first or the second half. It just, it's too unreliable anymore and it's not going to work. What I did like seeing last night though, was when Rodney Terry got into it with the officials. Oh yeah, that was fun. <laughs> to see a little bit of fight come out of Rodney, who's a little bit of a timid guy. Yeah, he's, he's not Chris Beard. He's, he's a not, different person. He's not Chris Beard and you know, Chris Beard, the coach. Let's mm-hmm. say that right I'll now. Make that very clear. He's not Chris Beard, the coach, the fiery guy who used to get the crowd energized. And I think you can tell that a little bit of that's been missing lately. Yeah. And a little bit of that fire has been missing. But to get that from Rodney last night, from Coach Terry, it should give you some hope. But Tennessee, like you said, carries the fourth best defense in the nation right now. They are absolutely dogging on Georgia right now, yeah, 62 well, I, I to 33. This, up, um, this will give you an idea of what time we're recording this, but yeah. they've almost doubled the points of a 13-6 and six Georgia basketball team yep. with seven minutes left. Uh, there's been, what would that be, uh, 40, 33 minutes of basketball being played, and Georgia put up 33 points. So, yeah, and that shows you how good that defense is. Guys, the problem is we are going to Tennessee, too. We aren't playing in the Moody Center on Saturday, and I think those cracks are going to show. Mm-hmm. Those cracks in the defense, those inability to make the shift. Because Texas, you know, when they are on defense, it's not one guy's on one the entire time. They're constantly switching, constantly moving. And Tennessee's going to figure out some sort of way to exploit that. And if we can't do anything to stop it, then they're just going to get those easy baskets and they're going to be in transition too. Yeah, and one thing that you got to talk about with the Tennessee team, for those that aren't familiar, and JC said, you know, fourth best defense in the country. If you go by Ken Palm rankings and adjusted rankings, this is the best defense in the country. They're even better than um, Houston's defense right now. And this is also a team that doesn't struggle offensively, but the one thing that UT does have going for them is that they're they're the better offensive team than Tennessee. Efficiency-wise efficiency or, like, overall? Efficiency, overall. Efficiency, okay. In, I mean, three-point shooting, Tennessee does have a favor, but Tennessee doesn't have a Marcus Carr. They don't have that score that's going to really take over near the end of the game. They do have five players in the starting lineup, all averaging more than 10 points a game. Two more players averaging more than nine. They have a very, you know, very good one through seven, and a lot of them can shoot threes, which is very important for them. Three guys over 36% shooting, another guy over 34. But this is not a team that you're going to be scared is going to drop 80 points on you. I'm just, you know, a little concerned that we're only going to have 50 with two minutes left in the game, and there's just no way you're going to win a game if you're putting up 50 points against the team away. So, like you said, it being an away game, it's going to be very tough. They have some really good players that we saw last year that came back. Viscovi, the international player. Ziegler, the, the guy who's, I, I want to say 5'7", or 5'9". So, 5'9". Five nine. Five nine. Very small player, though. Um, but, you know, Marquise Noel of Kansas State gave UT fits when they played. So, this is not this is not going to be an easy matchup. And, like you said, a lot of it's going to come down to our defensive rotations and how that works out. What really, we really need to see is someone else step up. Is this going to be a Timmy Allen game? Is this finally going to be a game where our freshmen 
really like find their own. Mr. Morris, Mr. Mitchell. Yeah, because it's can't it can't only be Carr. Carr cannot score two thirds, a third of our points. Like you know what I mean, a third of our points. And I I mean I agree with you. And like I'm not I'm not trying to to speak down with you right now with Tennessee. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Marcus Carr, what's the one thing he loves? He loves to get in the mid range and do those floaters or those pull ups. Mm-hmm. However, on their roster, they carry guys that are seven one, six nine, six nine, six eight. 6'11". It's a tall team. Texas only carries, I think it's like three players that are above 6'7". 6'7", six, 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 yeah. Six, seven, six, yeah. yeah. That's just not going to work against something like this. It reminds me, now obviously their offenses are completely different. I'm not I'm kind of comparing apples and oranges here. But it reminds me of when we played Purdue last year in the tournament. Uh-huh. Just bigger you guys. You held your own, but you just can't do anything when these guys have six inches on you. Yeah. No, it's, that's true. And Tennessee should be favored in this game. I don't know exactly what ESPN is saying. Oh, I got a, you. <laughs> okay. Um, right now it says that um, uh, Tennessee's favored 83%. So, you know, that's not the best number. But uh, uh, as opposed to what JC is saying, I believe there is a chance that UT wins this game. And, you know, UT still has probably the two best players in this game in Timmy Allen and Marcus Carr. It's just going to be about what does the rotation of three through eight do. And that's going to be the decider, in my opinion, of this game. But Texas basketball, you know, they're looking all right. You know, only three losses is always – you're always going to be happy with that, starting 17 of the oh, first Oh, absolutely, 20. yeah. So, you know, they lose to Tennessee. Honestly, as much as people, like, you know, it's not going to look good on the schedule, losing to Tennessee doesn't do anything. I, think, I agree if, with if that you, statement. If you look at the overall – I agree with that statement. This is more of just a thing – it's a pride thing. You know, former coach is coaching Tennessee and Rick Barnes. It's the Big 12 so SEC you, Challenge, baby. You want to beat Rick Barnes. You want to beat a top-five team. If they lose to Tennessee – People don't care about overall record anymore. You, they care about your conference record. So I agree. that's one game that you drop. Oh no, that's a away game to a top five team in the nation. Probably should be top two team in the nation with how they've been playing. That's not that bad. What's really mm. going to be a problem is when we come back home and Baylor shows up, and we and have then we three go on the road. games left yeah. against top twenty-five opponents. Yeah, yep. and then we go on the road and we have you know Kansas State on the road, Kansas on the road. We have a little road trip in uh, in Kansas in the first two two or first week of the. Of February, and that's going to be where we really see: is this team going to be a t- top four team in the country, or are they going to be bounced in the round of sixteen or round of thirty-two? Well, we'll see. We will see. And I mean, you're right. Abbas, guys, always look at the Vegas money line. Don't oh, listen at the ESPN power rankings. Come on, y'all. Come on, Evan. Well, we I look at ESPN because ESPN we always favors us. So that I like is to true. See, this time they didn't, which shows you. you that know. is true. But Texas, uh, be, due to their win last night, has now jumped. To second place in the Big 12, mm-hmm. which is something you're excited about. Does that K-State game really is hurting us? But, yeah, I mean, we got – this conference is anybody's anybody's Seriously. game right now. I mean, you thought Kansas was going to run away with it, and then they lose three straight. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a time, y'all, and it's going to be such a fun February. Seriously. Such a fun February for basketball. I and mean, it, there looks like six teams that could all win the national championship in this conference. I agree completely. It's crazy. I mean, Kansas State – Beat you know beat us beat some great teams as well you know TCU they beat but then TCU's had some upsets Kansas beat Kansas State Iowa State beat Kansas State Baylor's still hanging around I mean we're still here this is some great teams that we're gonna have to play to end up the season and also to give Oklahoma State respect they have remained competitive in most of their games this year yeah they're not a, they three and five in this conference is really good it's just yeah. that they're playing in a really tough conference yeah. But it's going to be a journey Saturday, y'all. It's going to be a grind. I'm sorry for hating on the horns. Y'all know mm-hmm. that's just who I am as a person innately. Sorry about that. 
Um, one more Hornets thing I want to bring up. Let's Ron Holland ah, made an All-American That's team. a good one. McDonald's All-American. That's a good one. Good for him. Hopefully he stays with us. Please stay, Ron. Ron, please stay. Please stay. Please stay, Ron. Uh, that's all we got for Texas basketball and Texas football. Like, you know, this is our slow season for Texas football. Yep. I th- you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I was here the entire time for that segment. Yeah. I never once, like, disappeared or, like, like, like my eyes glazed over anything like that. Yeah, you were good. You can ask him. I've had some struggles lately. Just yeah. staying it's concentrated for the first few minutes. For, him, but. for some reason, I see that first break, guys. I'm going to fill up my coffee cup. We're going to take one brief break, and then we will be re- back to recap the NFL, talk about the conference championships, and then, yeah, we have another draft for you. We're drafted, baby. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the 40-Yard Line Podcast. Y'all, we are... Very, very excited right now. I know it's been a minute. It's been a while since we had some speakers on. There was, of course, that random Efren Mendoza sighting. What a weird little uh, Like a month ago or something like that. But it's been a while since we had some other commentators. Uh, we did have Jordan Hunter back on in October. But our first of hopefully many of the year guest speakers, we now, like Evan mentioned earlier, have the proud honor of introducing our friend, Miss Eleanor Stein. Now, Eleanor is a born and raised Longhorn and Cowboys fan coming in from Dallas, Texas. So yeah, that's why she's here today, y'all. <laughs> she's a communication and leadership major with a minor in sports media, and she's here to talk the NFL with us. Eleanor, so good to have you here. Hello, hello, I'm happy to be here. It's been my, it's my first podcast time ever, so. All right. I'm well, excited. I'm glad to hear that, and we'll just go ahead, and we're gonna jump right into it, Eleanor. Right. And don't worry, we'll get to your part, and I, I apologize for my behavior I'm about to put on when we start talking about the Cowboys. Oh, no. Because I am just... You guys heard last episode. Yeah, yeah I went on like a 10-minute tangent. It's time for me and JC's fight, actually. Oh, That's okay. why there was no fight this They're week. Oh, <laughs> good co-host, good co-host. Yes. <laughs> All right, y'all, so we're just going to go ahead and just recap the divisional, and each one of us is just going to give some brief points that we think about, just anything that we want to say that stood out to us, or, you know, whatever you want to do, kind of up to y'all. And then we're in transition into, obviously, the conference championships, where we'll give our score predictions. Now, overall for the NFL playoffs, Evan going 4-0 last week. Oh, yeah. Now boasting a proud record of 9-1. You know it. I'm still holding in respectful at a 3-1 last week, coming in at 7-3 overall. Mm-hmm. Thanks once again, Los Angeles Chargers. I despise you. Yep, never that, brewed on the Chargers. Never bet on the Chargers. The Texas of the NFL. The Texas of the NFL. <laughs> now, let's go ahead and jump right into it with our first game that took place this past weekend in the Jacksonville Jaguars versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Room, I mean, it was closer than I anticipated. Yeah, I, I mean, will admit that that Jacksonville held their they own. Put up a fight, man! I, and like, you know, outscoring the Chiefs in the fourth quarter as well. I mean, it was even after half. But Jacksonville made this game closer than people were going to give them credit for. It did help that Mahomes like couldn't walk in the second half. I was going to say, yeah. But but listen, listen, listen. They still played well, and ETN, my my narrative about ETN, it was still good. Still true. It was good. It two was touchdowns good. in two separate games in the playoffs. He's having a great game. Isaiah Pacheco runs so so hilariously. Love that guy. I don't know how he runs like that, but he gets so much power in each step. Very fun player to watch, but Chiefs victory was kind of assumed. But, I mean, still, though, I mean, it's got to – and we'll talk about it once we get to conference championships, but that Mahomes-like injury. That was that was definitely impactful for their season. I don't, I'm surprised they – I'm honestly, after that, I was kind of surprised they won. I mean, wow. Michigan legend Chad Henney was obviously going to come in and win them some some drives, <laughs> make a little 98-yard. Uh-huh. Listen, Chad Henney had a better game than, like, most quarterbacks have had a drive all season. Okay, you're right, you're right. I'll give you that. And while before we transition to the next game, I'll just point out something else that I want to bring up. The top three receivers receivers <laughs> on the Jaguars was Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, and Evan Ingram. Oh, yeah. True. 
Our Jackson, new coach Jackson lost the game and just instantly went to Texas. Our new coach <laughs> is getting it done. Uh, Kansas City, another Travis Kelsey, another Travis Kelsey. Game. Juju uh, kind of disappeared, you know. Juju's disappeared a lot. This Juju kind of fell off, and he started. He had a strong season. I, I believe he has eleven hundred yards on the year. This, yeah, right. But I believe he, he, did, he did have problems where he just wasn't. Showing no, only nine thirty three. Excuse me. But yeah, I mean Juju Smith. That's got to be some sort of reason for concern right now. He'll be a Steeler next year. Don't worry. Oh man. But, oh, I mean, this is we'll, – we'll get into it a little more with the 49ers, but that divisional round was the round of the tight ends. And that, that – Travis Kelsey performance, I think he out-received. Yeah, he had more receptions than the rest of his team combined. 98 yards, two touchdowns. It's he was ridiculous. feasting on that Jags defense. And, I mean, that's always been a problem with the Jags is their ability to cover the tight end. Foye Sadie Oluwakon, by the way, crazy game from him. Love that guy's name. Great player, very underrated. Just wanted to say that. All right, there we go. That was Evan's take. Uh, and then next, we're going to go ahead and cover the second game, which was a major snooze fest as the oh, – I can't even say it happily anymore, yeah. but the New York football giants. Yeah. <laughs> New York football giants. Got absolutely <laughs> dismantled by the Philadelphia Eagles. And we were all rooting for New York. Everyone knew that was going to happen. Yeah. There was no surprise there. I was very much impressed with the performance of Jalen Hurts. He erased a lot of doubts I had had about him as a playoff performer. Um, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, former New Orleans Saint, <laughs> got his car stolen in the parking lot after the game. Fun. Oh my God. I think that's hilarious. Um, I don't like Chauncey Gardner anymore. Rooting yeah. against the Eagles the whole way. So, but I mean, yeah, you have to root against the Eagles the whole way. But really, it was top to bottom, just Dismantling. a dominant performance by Philadelphia. Yeah. Double the amount of first downs. Let's see. What is it? Each having 10 drives. Almost double their yards. Philly averaging six yards a play. Only 148 yards passing, but 268 yards on the ground. Now, I'm going to bring that up when we get to the conference championship because San Francisco has not allowed a rusher to run for more than 70 yards in, I believe, 28 straight games. Yeah. That's impressive. Let's see how that goes. Guys, what are your thoughts on this takeaway from the New York Philly dismantling? Um, my thoughts on the New York Philly dismantling. <laughs> um, I feel like I, th- I just it, it always hurts me to watch the Eagles just dominate because you know I'm a Cowboys fan, like I said. But um, at the same time, it's you know it's expected, and I'm I'm kind of hoping that they dismantle the 49ers just a little bit. Really, you're rooting for wow. the Eagles? Really? Yeah, I didn't say I was rooting for the Eagles. I'm okay. just saying a little bit because you know when you lose and your team loses, you always kind of want like. You kind of, I don't know, you kind of want the team that beat you to hurt, so... Yeah, I hear that. I mind, but at the same time, you know, screw the Eagles. So. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I mean, there's not much you can say about a 37, 38-7 performance. What I will say, when you talked about Jalen Hurts, my one concern is that, you know, his injury, the big concern you have with him is that it's going to force him into being a pocket passer. We didn't yep. have to see it this game because, you know, the Giants have a good pass rush, but this game, was they just dominated them in the rushing game, six yards a carry. Kenneth Gainwell legacy game apparently, um, but yeah, him and Miles so, Sanders. So much for my Miles Sanders prediction. I mean, too, him and Miles dude, Sanders yeah. combined for two hundred plus yards. Um, Sanders also had a great game. He just, True. you know, they were splitting carries. Yeah. But Hurts only thirty four yards on the ground wasn't that impactful when you looked at it. He avoided sacks at least, which is very good for a guy who's coming off an injury. But this is not. This wasn't a game that convinced me that Hurts is going to dominate again like he was doing in the regular season, and I'm. Still a little concerned that this injury is gonna gonna nag at him against the 49ers. And I mean that injury was what like five weeks ago already. Yeah, but it's I mean, been a minute. Yeah, I, I still I feel like that's just something that you know it's something that's gonna affect him in the in the game. We're gonna see it kind of similar to how we saw Mahomes. What I think will happen next week is it's, it's gonna it's gonna have have a big impact on like one play, and you're gonna be like you know what that injury did end up hurting them. 
We'll see, yeah. Now, something I want to ask both of y'all, kind of hear your opinion, is Saquon Barkley has been outspoken right now in the New York media and is saying he's not asking for a Christian McCaffrey contract, but New York has allegedly offered him $12 million a year as an extension. said that's not enough. He said it's not enough. Christian's getting 16 right now. He's saying he doesn't want to make more than CMC, but it appears that Barkley's leaning towards more something from the 14 to 16 million year range. Look, guys, I feel like this is the first time I've seen Barkley healthy in a while. I'm looking to see what y'all think contract-wise. If he's, God. if we're wanting to give, if someone's wanting to give out a contract that big, if New York's willing to do it. I mean, for if you're gonna te- have one player have a contract that like that, it's probably gonna be someone like Saquon Barkley. I mean, if you look at the players that are making over ten million dollars a year at running back. Aaron Jones, very good for the Packers. Joe Mixon, very good for the Bengals. Nick Chubb, one of the best in the league. Derrick Henry, one of the best in the league. Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott. Kind of over the hump, Christian McCaffrey. One thing about that, though, one, two, three, four, five playoff teams right there. These are teams that are very good teams. Five of those eight are on playoff teams. You kind of, these elite running backs, though there's this kind of narrative of you don't pay your running backs, if there's someone you do want to pay, I'd pay Saquon. And though, though the one thing I will say is this is a very good running back class for in the draft. I still think $14 million for Saquon is a lot of money for a running back. Who else are you going to pay that money to, though? You don't have a quarterback that you're going to pay that much money to. You're just going to tag Daniel Jones. Yeah, you're going to tag and Jones. And your best players like, on your D-line are all under contract. Yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't. I think they'll pull the trigger. I, I bet they don't want to talk about it right now after getting smushed by the Eagles. Yep. At the same time, I mean, he's only 25, so he's got some years in him. He can definitely... He's going up if he makes that much money. I mean, you give him four years, he's an athletic freak. And I mean, a four years Derek, is the way Derrick Henry's still it, yeah. kicking at 29, and a lot of people, you know, criticize the... Yeah, but that guy gets like 400 touches a season. I don't know how he's still standing. He's, uh, that's why I'm saying. I don't, I don't get Barkley, it. Barkley gets even less. Obviously, the wear and tear, but he was the only one that really had positive impact on this game on his offense. He had seven yards of carry. They just didn't give him the ball. Yeah. So, you know... I'm a big Saquon fan, so I, mean, I, I hope he gets paid. He's a great runner. Yeah. Uh, great overall, though. Good season for New York. Glad to see that they beat the Vikings. New York, that's it. Season's over. Bringing us to our third game, the game that I knew was going to happen, but, you know, once you pick your team in the beginning of the season, you have to ride with it. <laughs> At the guy in Teak, you still owe me 40 bucks from Buffalo winning the division. Yep. Haven't forgotten. Going to keep bringing it up every week. We know who it is. We know. Names, we know who it is. Um, I, think, I think we saw it coming. Just people didn't want to believe in it. But Cincinnati, in my personal opinion, I want to hear what y'all think. I want to hear y'all's main takeaways from this game before we jump into any analysis or stats. I think Cincinnati has officially solidified themselves as a perennial AFC title contender every year for at least the next, you know, oh, wow. four to four to four to ten years. I, I feel like Burrow and Chase for a while. I mean, they've got that duo for at least six, seven years right yeah, now. Yeah, they'll, they'll, sure, they'll make sure this is a retirement kind of kind of duo. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear y'all's thoughts overall on this one. I mean, if you look at the rushing yards of this game alone, it's just, like, so unbelievably impressive. 172 to 63, um, 172 goes to the Bengals. Like, that's just, like... Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you have a quarterback like Dobro who definitely could pass, you know, the game away. Like, mm-hmm. they, they have potential for the next few years, for sure. I mean, I, I was and he saying, did pass it away. He started. Yeah. 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 And I, I will say, this was the, the kind of the key to the game I gave last week, is I, I, I had the Bengals winning this game. And I thought they were going to win this game, but I said if they're going to win this game, Joe Mixon's going to have to have a good game, and just in general, the rushing attack is going to need to be much better than the Bills because it's the one strength on offense that you can give them. And you know, the Bills running backs four yards a carry for Devin Singletary on six carries, James Cook two point six yards a carry. 
whereas Joe Mixon was putting up 5.3. Samaj P. Ryan even put up 4.7. Joe Burrow got crazy. involved in the ground game. It was just a offensive masterpiece from, from the Bengals. And this is a team that I said at the start of the playoffs I thought was going to get to the conference championships. You know, they're, they're there now, and I think they have a good shot at winning this game. I think they should be favored to win this game. I, um, I would pick them right now. And, you know, the guy who's getting clowned on right now, Stephon Diggs, because him and, Josh, <laughs> him and Josh Allen in the playoffs. Oh, no. I mean, as much as we love to get flack to the Vikings, the Cowboys even, which we'll get to. Um, <laughs> Thank uh, a God. lot of these teams, I mean, Josh Allen, this is his third year being an elite-level quarterback, and he's got nothing to show for it. And Stephon Diggs falls asleep in the playoffs. Four catches for 35 yards in this game. They're just... They weren't connecting. They Josh can't, Allen, they can't no, do it. No touchdowns through an interception. I mean, it wasn't all his fault, but only ten points from one of the best offenses in the league. If I'm the if I'm the Bills general manager and I'm not taking a running back or a wide receiver in the draft in my first pick, I'm gonna feel upset. That has to happen from them. Sure, but I mean you have just as much problems on the defense as you do on the offense right yeah, now. Yeah, that's true. Your defense is just getting torn up. I mean, Edmonds, despite his high tackle count, looked awful. No, awful. Like, your secondary just can't hold against anybody. Mm-hmm. And it, yes, I mean, I mean, what? The game was already well over once Poyer and White made their way in the locker room, too. Mm-hmm. They just remained inefficient the entire game. But, I mean, I still feel like the D-line is the best part of Buffalo's game. Yeah. But I really do. D-line. They got to beef up on those linebackers, and they got to beef up in the secondary. I agree. I, you know, I know like we're really worried about digs and all this, but if I'm Buffalo, I think I'm actually going to prioritize defense more in the draft this year. Yeah, gotcha. I don't know, Eleanor. What are you thinking? Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, they did they had quite a bunch of penalties in that game too, so I feel like that's one thing that they'll definitely need to definitely need to keep an eye on because you can't can't be a conference champion if you get. Uh, out penalty by 51 so, yards. Yeah. 51 yards, six more penalties than your opponent. Was it really that bad? Yeah, I mean, the Bengals played a clean game, oh I'll God. say that. But, yeah, the, the Buffalo Bills, I mean, you can see in the first half especially once they were, they were down by 10 at half. But even before that, you can see they were, they were kicking themselves in the foot. And a lot of, a lot of unforced errors and just a lot of, a lot of mis, misconnections, miscommunications it looked like. Uh, and I, I don't I don't think Diggs is like forcing his way out from the way he's talking. Yeah, but he's, but he's getting he's, he's getting, been he's getting up there in years too he's, now. He's been he's been critical of his team and I'm not gonna lie, I, I like it. If I'm a wide receiver like that and I feel like I'm not doing a good job and I feel like my team's not doing a good job and I'm seeing, you know, the new quarterback beat us, the other quarterback who's supposed to be the one like, you know, that your quarterback's competing with, they're the two ones that are in the conference championship instead of you. I'm mad. I'm I'm a little pissed off. I'm saying, you know what, what what happened? Why why aren't we like this? We need a bit of a culture change. We need something to change. And, you know, Diggs is still an elite wide receiver, but it's true that he hasn't been performing in the playoffs. Yeah, and I think, you know, as we kind of begin to close this out, because obviously in the next segments we're going to worry about the Bengals, if I'm Buffalo, the thing I'm actually worried about right now is this Josh Allen contract. Oh, yeah, it's because starting to kick in. it's now – he's was not an all-pro this year. He's yet to be an all-pro in the NFL. And really? yeah, wow. still, still yet to have one. Uh, obviously, he's a Pro Bowler, but you know anybody can make it to the Pro Bowl these days. There's mm-hmm. no value put into that anymore. But Allen, another poor performance after I predicted him to have a breakout playoff. You did. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did. Unfortunately, thirty-five and fourteen on the season. Obviously, a solid season. But when you're paying this guy twenty-eight million this year, twenty-four million next year, uh, in twenty twenty-five it goes down to fourteen million. But then uh, there's that potential opt-out. But if they decide to, if this contract does get picked up, he has a total guaranteed amount of 150 million. Yeah. He's currently sitting on a six-year, 258 million dollar deal. <laughs> if I'm Buffalo, I don't know how to feel about that anymore. 
because I mean, you, it's still Josh Allen. No, it, I understand it is Josh Allen, and I understand you're always going to play quarterbacks. You're always going to pay your quarterbacks. But oh, I mean, if oh. it, but like. Hopefully, it doesn't turn into expectations a quarterback are, from a team we're going to talk about in a second. Expectations are expectations are changing for Buffalo next year. Yeah, that's true. Expectations are changing. They're not. They're not going to be projected to be a Super Bowl or bust team this year like they were this past mm-hmm. season. I think now you're going to project them as a be, divisional winner. I don't think they're going to be projected it, but I think they're going to. If they don't get there, they'll feel like it's over. Like that next year feels like it might be that last like last hurrah. Like you know, Diggs is getting older. Josh Allen's money's kicking in. A lot of they're gonna be free agents that year next. I mean, I think I think is, it's, is time, it's time. It's time to take Bijan Robinson. <laughs> take Bijan. <laughs> it's time to take Bijan Robinson in the draft and get rid of Singletary and James Cook. Yeah. Um, I think that transitions us into uh, another game that we, you know, Eleanor is is very That's familiar with. And um, gotta crack the know, hands for this one. Crack the knuckles. <laughs> this might be one that Evan's gonna sit out a little bit for. Um, <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers. 49ers, seven-point victory, kind of won it in, the, in that fourth quarter. And like I said, the tight end was a big part of this game. George Kittle had a crazy circus catch around the Insane. 50 that kind, yeah. of, kind of energized them to win that game. Um, some mistakes from the Dallas side. Brock Purdy is still not that good. I don't care what his stats say. He's not that good. Beat me. He's, he's gotten there. I'll give that to him. Let's not act like he's better than, like, the other three quarterbacks in this, uh, in this conference championship. Um, and, you know, something that I want to hear what Eleanor has to say is, uh, you know, you limit Christian McCaffrey to 35 yards rushing. Debo Samuel was not a factor in the rushing game either. He wasn't really a factor in the game very much at all. Mm-hmm. This, this is something that you thought would be an absolute win for the Cowboys. If that happens, there's no way you lose. And somehow they did lose. Eleanor, I mean, what happened here? I mean, Dallas Cowboys what culture happened? is, is, uh, is known for hyping up the Cowboys and being disappointed Every year. Mm-hmm. That's something I've mm-hmm. lived my entire life. So, mm-hmm. honestly, it's, it's one thing for a lot of people that there was a lot of hope going into this game, but at the same time, like, we've seen Dak just this season, and not only this season, but in the past few seasons, where nothing is ever consistent. You can't come off, you know, the most phenomenal game that you that yeah. played your entire mm-hmm. career yeah. and, and do it again like, like that. That's just not what Dak does. Um, and, I mean, one thing that I want to make clear is, I'm a Cowboys fan through and through, but I am not a Jerry Jones fan. Mm-hmm. Never in my life. And mm-hmm. I, I think he has a lot to do with, with the, the loss. Um, well, most losses, to be honest. I like <laughs> a lot to, of. I like to peg blame. But, um, I mean, they just they just have a lot have a lot to work on for sure. But Jerry Jones probably, probably is, he's, he's hesitant to change things for sure, and that's that's definitely one of them is, is um, just working on the little things. Like, mm-hmm. like Maher. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy, that that was disappointing for sure. He definitely did better, but did I don't know if y'all saw the blocked, the blocked. Oh, yeah. that was going wide. That was going. He out was not way. making. That, that was, was going wide. And something that I I heard, which is, is interesting, is right before the game, Jerry Jones comes onto the field and he talks to Maher and he's yep. like trying to calm him down, get him ready. And I'm like, that is the stupidest thing you can do as the owner because you're just going to freak him out. And yeah, that's exactly, that's true. I mean, that's the exactly face, that's did. the last face you want to be talking to you before. It's the, your boss. Yeah. Yeah. Not just your boss, but like Jerry Jones Jerry specifically. Jones. I mean, that guy just has so much power over that team, which, I mean, might be one of the problems. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, Maher's. He's just like a like a crappy version of Robert Kraft is basically what yeah. I'm getting here. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah. Yep, uh, I mean... I have something to ask you, Eleanor. Is this is how big is this game going to change the picture of the Dallas Cowboys? Is this the last we've seen of Zeke? 
This is the last we've seen of Tony Pollard, Dalton Schultz. Maybe yeah. even Tyrone Smith could be a cut candidate. I want to know also, adding on to his, about <laughs> Kellen Moore and McCaffrey. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. Mike yeah. will still be there, but I want to know about Kellen Moore, too. McCarthy? McCarthy, excuse me. McCarthy. Yes. Yeah. Well, McCarthy McCaffrey. is probably, honestly, the, the, the two biggest conversations that, that need to happen is McCarthy and, and Dak, honestly. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you, could, you can look at all the other players, but they're not going to take away, you know, like, they're not going to take away their supporting staff unless unless they are having a conversation about Dak. Because at the end of the day, like he's what he's what changes things. Mm-hmm. I really hope that Pollard comes back. He's phenomenal. I think he's better than Zeke. I think it's he's no shown question. that. No Absolutely. question at all. Yeah. But I mean, also we saw we all saw the way his ankle turned. So yeah, uh, that's going to be my dynasty fantasy football team did not like that. Yeah, that one that one hurt it's for, for long uh, long off season though. Yeah, long that's off true. season. That's true. Good timing for sure. But uh, but I mean, it, I feel bad for him because in a con after a great contract year, but he's he's a 25-year-old running back. He's going to be 26 in the offseason, and he just got an injury after not having ever been a bell cow running back. That's not good for his regency stock. He may just end up back in Dallas I think they're going to tag him. Rate. Um, but yeah, I mean, I want to know, is, is, is this last you've seen him as Ezekiel Elliott, Dalton Schultz? I, what do you think about that? So true. I think, I mean... Vanderesh, too. Yeah, I'll be, I don't think it'll be the last season for Vanderesh. I mean, if you saw that game, like, Marcus Lawrence and Vanderesh both Killed that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it, and they're not really going anywhere. Van Rush would probably be cut on injury before anything else. Yeah. That's that's kind of how he rolls. But but I feel like they're two of the things that actually work uh, in the Cowboys um, system. Yeah. Yeah. System in general. And I feel like that's that's something that they're not going to let go of. I do think Zeke. I think Zeke needs to go. And yeah. That's that's something I feel like most people are. It, can see, but I don't think, again, kind of like Dak, I don't think he will. I mean, he got exposed without having Pollard from this game. 26 yards when he's getting yeah. the majority of the carries. I mean, that's just pitiful. And he started. Like, yeah. he shouldn't be starting when you have Pollard, who is better and mm-hmm. outplays him every game. But, yeah. but obviously you're not going to start, you know, the benchmark of the guy you're paying $15 million <laughs> yeah. a year to. True. That's true. That's your Jerry Jones aspect, too, coming in, I feel like, as exactly. well. Definitely. And I mean, I, I talked about this a little bit. There's there's some individuals, and this comes with you know living with Cowboys fans like I do. Is that you you click onto some names that are you know on the on the Cowboys that start to annoy them. Donovan Wilson, that guy had an awful game. <laughs> uh, you know, Kelvin Joseph is always a guy that I hear a lot of flame thrown around. Seems like there's a lot of players, including Trevon Diggs, that on the defense have a lot of hate thrown towards them, Ooh, and a lot of them are Jerry Jones draft picks. Diggs also did drop that big time mm-hmm. pick yeah. in the fourth Diggs, quarter. Yeah, Diggs was. Was off for sure because he's he's kind of inconsistent as well and that that pass hurt me to core that was actually so miserable to watch because there were a few different plays that, that they're just like little mistakes that you shouldn't be making in that high level mm-hmm. of play in that in that game too in this time of the season so I feel like I feel like they just they might need to replace more in those kinds of like little things I don't know if it's the decisions I don't know if it's the time wasting that needs to change yeah the clock so management the car has like been a problem year, same same issue as last year is just clock runs out and we don't know where to turn except use our three timeouts back to back and nothing happens so Yikes. i mean i hate to rub salt in the wound but that's got to be the two worst back-to-back ways to leave oh, the playoffs sure. you go from you know running with 14 seconds left and not getting a snap off to potentially tie the game and having your running back snap the last pass and get bull rushed yeah. and uh toppled over embarrassed and you lose in the game i mean especially after beating brady like yeah we know exactly they can do it it's, yeah you can you can win these big failures. games and like i mean you know i kind of went on them the defense didn't play bad under 20 points to one of the best oh, teams in the no, league no by no means no. did the defense play bad you know, and they, they didn't i mean you know trevon diggs choked a little bit but you know michael parsons leighton vanderash were still beasts in that game they were crazy and the they all offense, they also made purdy uncomfortable yeah, which exactly. a lot of teams yeah. have not been able to do and purdy still remained efficient but 
you know, they got to the quarterback, which a lot of teams haven't been able to do, and he didn't make many impactful throws. The best throws he made were George Kittle masterclasses, basically. It was yeah. just him kind of bailing him out. Yeah. Um, something I also want to add on, you know, we talked about replacing players. You can only replace so many people in the offseason, especially a team like the Cowboys that sure. doesn't have too much cap space. Is that wide receiver two position the number one priority in the draft? Because C.D. Lamb is out there on his own. Michael Gallup is a no-show no these days. T.Y. Hilton is not a long-term thing. you got to get you know, into Gallup, Noah too. Brown's not good. Yeah. There's no one else aside from Lamb to help him out in that offense, especially if Dalton Schultz leaves. Are you thinking that the Cowboys are going to invest into a wide receiver like Jackson Smith and Jigba? Quentin Johnston, who's Texas fans have seen a lot of, he's a big boomer Gus guy, boomer bust guy, and Jordan Addison's also there. I mean, what do you think is going to happen with this, Eleanor? I feel like that's definitely something that they'll they'll look at. I mean, they always surprise me with with their choices. I'm not yep. going to lie. I'm never I'm never really truly satisfied with what we end up with mm-hmm. on the other side of the draft. But I think that they they realize you know Schultz and Gallup are, are continuously kind of. Letting 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 everyone down, mm-hmm. um, and Zeke too. I mean, he's he's not a contender to talk about with Lamb. They're just two completely different players. So so they'll definitely have to add in some uh, some wide receivers for sure. Even just for morale in a way too. Yeah yeah, and and like Jalen Tolbert was a guy that you guys drafted in the third round, and that guy is not played at all yeah. this year. I mean. He's, he's been a big, big disappointment. You even had Kevontae Turpin out there for a little bit, which not he should Turpin. not be playing. I, and I think one thing I like that we're all saying here is a lot of, like, it seems that all of us actually do see the value of Dalton Schultz. Yeah, it's, I like it's, him. It's, it's like, I like him, but it's also not what people really see, you know? Right. People are like, yeah, the guy had 57 catches off of, yeah, 89 targets. True. Let's address that. Like, yeah. Dalton Schultz's value isn't as a top five tight end in the NFL, mm-hmm. which he might get paid like one. And he might get paid like one. That's what I'm. That's kind of what I'm thinking about. And, and well, why would the Cowboys do that when you drafted Jake Ferguson, who looks pretty good? Hendershot, love his name, also there. I mean, I feel like you, you gotta let him go at this point. You have to. I mean, you have to be comfortable letting Schultz walk away and letting somebody else overpay him. This is gonna be a tough offseason for Cowboys fans in general. And I just, I just feel like the Cowboys have always had success in the tight end position. I feel like it's a system mm-hmm. where players are built to have success. I mean, you look at a guy like Jason Wynn. If you go, yeah. you take away Tony Romo in the Cowboys offense, he's really just kind of an average tight end, I feel like. Right. I feel like a tremendous pass and run blocker. He was still a great tight end, but yeah, they did build it around. But him. you can I mean, build it up. That's you know? the problem with the Cowboys, though, and, and maybe every team that, that has the same issues with consistencies. Like, you put so much value into each each player that you, you end up with three phenomenal players and a team that just can't support them and you don't mm-hmm. have the money to support that either. Des. So, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And uh, what was his name? What was y'all's real good running Miles back? Off. Oh, no. DeMarco Murray. DeMarco oh, yeah. Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Little, little Alfred Morris is there for a little bit. Not uh, Alfred Morris. People from D.C. remember him. But I mean, um, and yeah. yeah, I mean, the 49ers as well, you got to give it to him. I mean, this team, despite, you know, their usual win condition of let Christian McCaffrey ball out, let that running game go crazy. McCaffrey did nothing this game. He was, you know, he had a rushing touchdown, but that was about it. Yeah, but I mean, 10 touches, 35 yards. They kind of like, and I mean, Eli Mitchell did it, did his job, but you're right. I mean, we didn't even talk about Debo Samuel completely getting shut down. Oh, I'm fully, don't worry, I'm fully on the Debo Samuel's overrated train, but I'm, I'm on a lot of overrated trains this year, if you guys haven't heard. I'm the, the Herbert train, train is going well, the Debo train is going well. The, my only one that I've been losing out on is Jalen Hurts. He's doing a little too good for that train, but... It's all right. Speaking of that, I think that's a good segue into our picks for next week. I think it is a good segue. Uh, it's a good transition. It kind of builds us up into what we are all excited for, which is uh, the Pro Bowl. No, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are one week away from the conference championships. I do want to finish out the Cowboys section with one fun fact. Yeah. Let's hear it. For Let's hear the it. day. Let's hear it. Um, we, 
Uh, if you've ever heard of Zach Martin, mm -hmm. uh, his right guard. Yeah, right. Yeah. Notre Dame? Uh, Notre Dame, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, Notre Dame, yeah. Five holding flags called against him in the last eight years. Fun fact. That is. That wild. was a good fun fact. He's that was. Good. I know that. Nobody ever talks about him. Oh, he's he's definitely one of the, oh, one of so the underrated. best guard of our generation. He honestly. might be the best Cowboys player in my opinion, but I mean, he just he just plays a game consistently. Every yeah. Time. Like, that's what we need. So. And one thing that a guy who I saw get kind of a lot of flack early in the year, um, who ended up being very good near the end, is Tyler Smith, who yeah. moved Tyrone yep. to the right, which already right there, it's like you better be good if you're if you're <laughs> yeah. moving one of the best left tackles of our generation since like Joe Thomas. Uh, to the right, and they both did a good job. I actually thought they were two of the better players on the Cowboys, sure. and then Martin's there. After that, it doesn't really matter who you have as long as the guard and center aren't destroying the game for them. Sure. Yeah. I, I still remember back when like Martin had just come into the league, yeah. and the Cowboys had that like two to three year stretch where they were the best offensive line in the NFL. For sure, and that was like every everybody was going for 120 yards a game, no matter who the runner was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, that was that was like when I had just started first watching football. That's why you pay the linemen instead of running backs. I say after I said the Giants should pay. No, you gotta you gotta pay the O line because yeah. I mean you'll get teams like Miami. They were able to keep a comp, like Skylar Thompson yeah. competent yeah. against Buffalo, and they're gonna have Bijan next year. <laughs> okay, that's a yeah. good segue. <laughs> that great segue takes us into the conference championships. We're gonna just gonna give some quick little thoughts, and we are gonna give our score predictions. Guys, who do we want to start with first? I guess we'll start with the two o'clock game, as the San Francisco 49ers with Brock, the goat Purdy, play Jalen Mid. Couldn't make it at Bama, so he had to go to the Big 12. Hurts in the. Showdown of all showdowns, Iowa State versus OU. And Alabama. Alabama people are claiming him. No, they can't. They're allowed. No, you, they're, they're, allowed. They are, they did well. We did they he are played allowed. a full season there and they got him to the I saw somebody yeah. on Twitter try to claim Joe Burrow the other day. No, you can't claim him. And I was like, no, no, no. It's like Ohio State wouldn't be able to claim Quinn. Yeah. Something, since we're already. Uh, AM can't claim Kyler Murray. I'm yeah. already, we're already yeah. going off topic, so I saw <laughs> The best part about the new age of internet and like TikTok and things like that is that. Every time a new player breaks out, especially a new quarterback, the amount of funny videos we see of them from when they were like in college or high school makes me so happy. Brock Purdy doing Josh Allen's Twitter. <laughs> Josh, Josh Allen's, Allen's Twitter is absurd. Brock Purdy <laughs> doing TikTok dances when he was still at Iowa State, beating like other Big Twelve schools, have started to reemerge, and he's just such a goofy, fun little guy. I how love Brock Purdy. How can Apart you from not, him as a quarterback, how can not you good. not? Uh, I mean, he's he's a fun guy. He's going to be starting over Trey Lance in five years. You think Purdy so? here first, folks. Okay. Yes. Brock Purdy is the best quarterback that San Francisco 49ers have had since Steve Young. Okay. Oh, I'm just, I'm just going Alex Smith better than Kaepernick. I mean, yeah. yeah. Kaepernick didn't win the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy's about to win one. Oh, well, I think that's JC's prediction right there. I think we can go in on it. We'll start with that 2 o'clock game. And honestly, if it wasn't for this Hurts injury, I would pick the Niners to lose. But I think you're right. I think there is going to come down to that one play in that game where you're just – if they're going to make him uncomfortable. And I'm not saying they're throwing a cheap shot or anything like that, but they might they might land on him. Mm -hmm. They might land on that – they might land on the wrong part oh, of his body. Oh, accidentally uh, tackled you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say that it is concerning that the San Francisco might not have Charles Aminu mm -hmm. ready to yeah, go on arrested, Sunday. So. Aminu did get arrested about two days ago, I believe, right? I think so, yeah. Uh, with the domestic violence incident um, – Obviously, the San Francisco 49ers have said they're going to let the situation play out and see what happens, but that would be a big loss yeah, for them. But also, the 49ers have, in my opinion, consistently had the best defense in the NFL over the past four years. Yeah. So I think right. that's a team that can plug and play. Um, I'm not really too worried about it, and I don't think weather will be a factor. It's predicted to be just 37 degrees. 
not too much wind going on in Philly that day. Obviously, the link is one of the hardest places to play, but in my opinion right now, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take the San Francisco 49ers by a score of 28 to 21. Right. Okay. 28 is mine. That's it. Yeah. That always feels like a good guess. Every time I it's guess, it's a pretty I, solid number. 28, 21. Yeah. 28 21. Yeah, 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 go right. for it. All right, so I'm just going to roll right off of that and give you my, my numbers because you had a good uh, intro, but I'm going to flip it because, like, like I said, I don't know. I have a hunch the Eagles are just going to keep keep their roll going. I don't think it'll be that high scoring of a game like last time, but I think it'll be 21 17 Eagles. 17. Right. One, one thing for this game that I want to point out, A, you mentioned it, the link. I mean, that's a hard place to play at. Philadelphia so fans in the playoffs, uh, there's no – they're just a different breed of human being, um, <laughs> I guess is what I'll say about that. Um, that's a nice just, way to put it. That's a nice way to put it. Yeah. You guys know what I'm saying. Uh, it's going to be crazy there. And, you know, this is – both teams without their quarterbacks at full strength, either, you know, you have Brock Hurdy at your quarterback or Jalen Hurts probably with a little less mobility. And that defense does scare me a lot. I mean, it's just – Probably the best front seven in the league. I don't think that's even a question. The one thing I will note on, though, is that this secondary the 49ers have is not that good. Charverius Ward's yeah. had a really good year. Talo Kufanga, you, you know, I think also one of my guys who I you know think is a little overrated because of his highlight plays. You know, he's got that Troy Palomalu kind of play style. Loves to blitz as a safety. Loves to jump those snaps. But in coverage, he's gotten burnt a lot. Deshaun Gibson's an old guy. And Diamodre Lamar is just really not very good, and teams have been prioritizing targeting at him. The Cowboys tried to do it, but the problem with the Cowboys, they don't have that second wide receiver to do that. Eagles, though, Devonta Smith is as good of a second wide receiver as you're going to find. I mean, he's a, they're, they're a top three wide receiver doing in the league, him and A.J. Brown, and I just think this cornerback duo of the 49ers is going to get exposed in this game. We're going to see a lot of passing from the Eagles, a lot of scoring, in my opinion, because though the Eagles have a great run stuff, oh, you're going I, think, high score, I, think, I think Christian McCaffrey is going to run all over them, but I also think that you know, Jalen Hurts is going to find a way to make this his game. I also picked the Eagles and Bengals to be in the Super Bowl at the start of this uh, playoffs. So I'm sticking to that. Eagles, 35, 49ers, 24. And my one point that I'm knocking you guys on is it's the same thing that I've seen this entire season, that the Eagles just face inferior opponents. And not because based – I'm just saying based off of pure talent. I mean, they got lucky. They didn't have to play Dak once. They're in the division with the Washington Commanders. That was one of the best divisions in football. I don't want to hear it. All right. I'm just I'm just saying, I don't think the Eagles, they've, I mean, let's look at their schedule. Come I mean, okay. On. Let's take so a look. Out the, year, the Colts, year, the, year, the Packers, yeah. the Bears, the New Orleans Saints, who are a god-awful team, <laughs> the New York Jets, and the Cleveland Browns, and the Miami Dolphins without Teddy Bridgewater. Just saying. Yeah. They haven't it's played there. the top it's, it's there. Um, they have the culture, too. I mean, look at their coach. I could. I'm yeah, just saying. Everyone hates them. Yeah. Exactly. I'm just saying. They're if you just, they're ready to win something. If, if you want to be exposed as a fraud, just look at the Vegas sports book. Now, Eleanor, uh, this is your first time here, so you're here for something very special. Oh yeah. Um, y'all, what do I always tell you on this show? If the line is less than three, Vegas doesn't know what to do. Right now, it is negative two point five as for the spread in favor of the Eagles. It's less than a field goal. So even Vegas is kind of a little hesitant to bend in on the Eagles. But if you want to know one thing that we are positive about, the over-under of this game is 46. So you put $300 Don't on that over. Do that. And that is JC's lock, lock of, of the, the week. week. <laughs>
I've lost he's, like the last three. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every time he does it, you should do the opposite. I should, yeah. Yeah, that's why we're going to segue very quickly to the Bengals game. We probably Bengals, should. Bengals, Chiefs. Chiefs are still favored in the ESPN, but I'm pretty sure the money now is on the Bengals. And, it, I mean, you know, injured Patrick Mahomes, he's going to play. He will. They will make sure he plays that game, but his mobility is going to be a problem inside the pocket. And Shoot him up. The Bengals have some good pass rushers. Not the best. Not quite San Francisco good. But Bengals have a chance here. And a lot of people, maybe if you had said yeah. early in the season and that was the matchup, Chiefs are going to blow them away. Bengals look like the best team in the NFL right now. I, I personally have them win. I mean, you know, I'm sticking with my picks from early, but I, like I personally have them winning this game. I think it's a lower scoring affair. I think it's just a, like a 24-16. Wow. Let's go with that. Eight-point difference. A little weird. Is, yeah, and it's like going to be an evening yeah. game, too, I mean, in KC. It's, it's going to be the second straight game where, you know, elite quarterback but not a great running back. I know I've been giving Pacheco love, but, you know, top to bottom, this Bengals offense is more talented than the Chiefs. And I just think that's going to be the factor in this game. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm going with the Bengals too, but I'm going to give it a higher score. I, I feel like, especially with the Chiefs, you said it's in Kansas, right? It is in Kansas, Casey, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, feel like, I feel like it's going to be a closer game. I'm going to go Bengals 33, Chiefs 27. See, I kind of like that too. That's, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. I do because at the end of the day, this is still Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. And him yeah, on one leg is still true. better than that's half true. of the NFL. Um, I think, I mean, I feel like in the end, I feel like this playoff game might be really where people kind of see just how valuable Tyreek Hill was. Mm, yeah. I, I think this is going to be point. something that we've kind of overlooked because he did all that talking in Miami. He, yeah, he had a tremendous season in Miami, but, you know. He didn't actually ever have a competent quarterback the entire season either. Injuries kind of well, played a Tua was good for a little bit. Tua was, two was good, but... Brain. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but uh, it was just always so tough. Yeah. Um, it's like... It was this, tough, this, You've seen it this year, even in the games they lost, that he's been missing Tyreek Hill. It's, it's just someone it's they, don't, they don't really have a dump-off player. They you know, don't. Sometimes you can just give the ball to Tyreek Hill, it's 15 yards out of nowhere. So... I'm also going in on this Bengals train okay. because not only do they have the best trio in the NFL mm-hmm. in terms of their wide receivers, they have the GOAT at tight end, Hayden Hurst, Hayden who has okay. nine catches for 104 yards and one touchdown in these playoffs. He has done a serviceable job. So I'm going to go. two option in the playoffs, which is kind of crazy. I'm ready. I'm ready for this. Cincinnati should have had another touchdown. It was taken off the board. That Jamar chase at the end of the first half was a touchdown. That was a touchdown. That got taken off the board. I'm going in on them because, you know, I got to show my love because half these guys used to play for the New Orleans Saints, and they all went over there to Cincinnati because we didn't have any money. I'm going in on Joey B, and I'm going to say the Cincinnati Bengals are winning by a score of 38 to 20. Hey, that's a call. 38 to 20. A few things I want to add to this discussion. Um, a, we all pick the Bengals, which means the Chiefs are a lock to win. That's my lock of the week. <laughs> okay, um, nice. Uh, two, uh, apparently the Bengals have been starting to call Arrowhead Field Burrowhead Field because Joe Burrow has now 3-0 and against uh, the Chiefs, even though only one Since of those games. Since 2021, dude. Yeah, yeah. 3-0. Yeah. But only one of those games is actually in Arrowhead, which is why I think it's so corny, and they're just putting a target on their back. Three, Eli Apple, speaking of targets on their back. Yeah. That guy has been uh, very active on social media. We, we can't say the words that we would like to yeah, about that I mean, guy. Listen, yeah. He actually, what I'll give to him, he locked up Stephon Diggs. He did. It was pretty funny. He's all, He's been played better this year than I've ever seen Eli Apple play, but he's been a bit of a clown, which does give the Chiefs some kind of bonus points going in. Um, one thing I do want to ask, though, let's say Joe Burrow 
beats the Chiefs, plays well. I don't want to be that guy that says whichever team's quarterback wins is the better quarterback, but is Joe Burrow the second-best quarterback in the NFL if he wins this game? Burrow's already the second-best quarterback in the NFL, in he my opinion. He already is? Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think, yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't know if this would, this would be the lock for you. Or I think this, this just be... solidifies it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fully ready to say that. I, how many people would go to two straight Super Bowls in a row after having been out the year, the f- their first year. This is just Peyton Tomba with better-looking dudes. Yeah. And we, well, like, we thought, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. We, thought, <laughs> we also thought Peyton and Tom was going to be Josh Allen. Maybe Josh Allen's just Philip Rivers. Oh, that's disrespectful. Yeah. That's so, yeah. Dis- that's yeah. so disrespectful. Yeah, I had to say that. You that's did not last, just call Josh Allen. That's over. the last thing I'm going to say until we go to our last block. No, that was, that's pretty good. That's the last thing. That's, that's what we're ending on. That was Josh a great Allen trend. Equals Philip Rivers. Your um, episode title. It's in. Okay. It's in, yeah. The first time, ever, the first time ever it makes it No, back. <laughs> Well, we're already we're already starting to get a little goofy as as it always happens near the end of our show. It's happening. We're gonna get extra goofy uh, <laughs> by fun. the end um, because we have you know Eleanor still here with us, and you know we love to do our drafts at the end of the show, and we want something a little lighthearted, something more fun. We're going an animated show tier list ranking draft thing. Yep. Eleanor. <laughs> Eleanor holds the first pick. Has the first pick. I, I have Evan a second it too. It was an NBA conspiracy. The yeah. envelope was frozen. Yeah, Ewing, whatever. <laughs> I have the last pick. Okay, I'm thinking, hmm, I'm feeling, because I obviously Avatar, the, the last airbender is just like, to me, I feel like objectively one of the best. One okay. of the best. Okay. But I just am also thinking regular show. I don't know. They regular both show. Out. They both stick out to me personally. Oh. Wow. Maybe, maybe I'm different. Um, but I have to say, I just am an Avatar lover. Maybe that's just me. Okay. That's that's my pick. Okay. Yeah, Avatar first. Right? Avatar number one. I can. Avatar number one. That's, I, a, that's I know a solid my, pick. My friends back home are gonna love that one. Uh, not so much me though. Can't say I've watched the show. Not gonna lie. Oh, I'm um, missing out. Uh, I've been told. Uh, I don't watch many shows. I should watch more. Um, you should. A show that I have watched, and this is more of a personal pick because I don't even know how popular people like this show. I've watched the show about four times in total on Netflix, and you know it's a it, connection with my sister. We used to always watch this at home. Uh, it's Futurama, just one of, one of the funniest shows I've ever watched. It's a Matt, I, it's a Matt growing classic. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's better than The Simpsons. It doesn't have the lasting power of The Simpsons, but wow, that's bold. They're, they're I think like he, I seven, agree with that. Their actually, seven seasons are better than any seven season around The Simpsons. That's all I'm sure I, to say. I agree with that. You look up if you guys a little bit of a you know film history here. You look up what happened to The Simpsons after Conan O'Brien left the show. The drop it or the drop-off is dramatic. Conan O'Brien used to be a writer on The Simpsons. It was fantastic. You can tell what happens after he left. It just wasn't the same. Uh, I'm actually surprised it's still here on the board. I'm going to give you all a little bit of JC fun facts here. Uh, Go with the number three pick here. And, yeah, you guys just made some – yeah, y'all just made some questionable draft choices. You took, like – I don't know. Like, who was the guy that was drafted before Carmelo Anthony in 2003? What a random. Or like LeBron. Darko you know? Milicic? Yeah, you just drafted Darko what Milicic. What a weird That's thing what I'm to saying say. you just did. I, did. I did say that to you last time when you drafted yeah, you Jalen did. Rager, so I guess that's <laughs> So, you know, for me, I'm just. I'm drafting the big fundamental here. All right, we're going to do NBA this still this week. I'm drafting the big fundamental. My first words were SpongeBob. I'm going with SpongeBob SquarePants. No way, your I think. First word on on my mama, That's my hilarious. first word was SpongeBob. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And I think it explains a lot about my personality. Yeah, it does. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> For sure. Can, can you? I don't know if this is too much to ask. Can you give us a little laugh, a little SpongeBob laugh? I don't know if I can. Let me see. Hey, 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 hey. 
<laughs> How is that? <laughs> I'm gonna have to tone that down. Yeah, I peaked on that one. <laughs> yeah, I, we might need to cut that out. Yeah. No, you're gonna have to leave that. All right, yeah. Eleanor, your second pick after an interesting introduction from JC. I think. Ooh. By the way, we're comparing Tim Duncan to SpongeBob. <laughs> the big fundamental. I'm thinking. I'm feeling. Um, sorry, I'm looking at this list. I'm thinking South Park. South oh, Park, okay. You're stealing that from JC. That's, that is that is a steal pick, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're, night, you're good, yeah. Uh, my girlfriend doesn't like when I watch it, so, yeah. I mean, do you watch it with her? She doesn't find it funny, yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of the shows of all time. It's definitely got it's some humor. A show. It's, it's a, a show, show of all time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a good show. Would say, it's interesting. It's interesting. My grandma used to say that. A lot. Yeah. Your mom it's gets it. Your grandma gets it. It's a, yeah. My mom's not a fan of it either. So I guess I'm seeing <laughs> my, a trend. My family, that's like, like, I'll come home from good school. Good people. And high school, my brothers would be watching on the couch, and my mom's just pretending she doesn't. She didn't hear it. That's yeah. so funny. Oh yeah. Favorite character in South Park? Go. Oh my god, I don't know their names. Uh, <laughs> a small one. <laughs> I don't know their names. I'm not going to lie to you. Actually, yeah, we, we should do that. Every pick, we got to say our favorite character at from now on. Oh, that's now intense. That's from now on, from now on. We, we, can't be, we can't be tracking back. That's all, all right, right, all right, all right. I'm picking it, but I haven't watched in a while. It's, it's me defending why I don't know the names. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Now, it's, it's, this, it's this fine. is a safety pick. This is a protection pick. This yeah, is you, a, you, would. You, know, you would. You know, this is a pick to make sure that a category of time isn't being overrun by JC or Eleanor taking from me. <laughs> We're going back to the kids' shows. We're going to Phineas and Ferb. Oh. Fantastic oh. animated show. I've seen this whole show as well. 104 Days of Summer Vacation. Tristan Thompson. School comes last night. I saw that, yeah. yes. Yeah, they did renew it. That's right, yeah. Um, I'm very happy. Um, Baljeet's the best character in that show, and let's move on. <laughs> you can't see, but JC's jaw actually. <laughs> that, was, that was interesting. Baljeet's um, so funny. Yeah, Baljeet is pretty awesome. I'm going to go with uh, one that's really caught my eye. I started watching it this summer. It's become a fan favorite of a lot of my friends, and we've all started to watch it, like, on Friday nights. We just sit there and watch it for three hours. I'm going to go with King of the Hill. Yeah. Mike Judge. About a, you know, just classic Texas town. Just about guys just, like. Guys being dudes. Guys like, <laughs> guys like brewskis and the horns. Like, yeah. Uh, like? He likes propane. What more can a boy really want? So I'm going to go with. the one where he says, Linda? Is that that one? Or no, is that it's not. That You're thinking of something else. Yeah. It's a. Uh, that's all right, Bobby. That's quite normal. <laughs> See, there's the impression. Yeah. I'm going to go with for King of the Hill for my favorite character. I mean, I'm going to have to go Hank Hill. America's Dad, dude. America's Dad. Yeah. America's <laughs> Dad. Is there another show, American Dad? Yes. Yeah. We don't talk about that one. That one's not, not good. good. <laughs> well, hopefully Eleanor doesn't no, I hope Eleanor doesn't like that one, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, can, you can free ball it if you want. Um, I'm going to go back to the, the kids' show because I feel like those just hold up. She's taking fairly. Mm-hmm. I'm taking what's new Scooby Doo actually. Oh, oh. kind of a surprise pick. Now that, that's that's a reach. Fan. That, that is a steal pick in my opinion. Part okay. Of my childhood. Okay. First words was what's new. I wish. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> this is the this is our Jokic. <laughs> the no, little second round pick. That here. is a steal pick right there. That's, I'll give you that. So what I'm feeling, um, favorite character Scooby Doo himself. Oh, great. Yeah, I mean, Absolutely, yeah. I wouldn't be. I mean, did you guys see the new Velma show on HBO Max? I didn't, but I've heard there's a lot of people it is disliking it. It is officially the worst ever rated IMDb show of all time. Nice. That's what I like to hear. It is bad. Nice. Yeah, it's bad. That's all we got to say on that one. Eleanor with the steal in the third round. Evan, you've had a pretty crappy draft so far. <laughs> Let's see what you got. <laughs> How can you say it's crappy when I have Phineas and Ferb? 
All right. Yeah. Um, Your number I'm, one is Futurama. <laughs> the show is sick. I think it's just that you guys were going to pick it, so I should have just gotten it later. But yeah. Um, here's one that maybe I'll get more flack for as well. Um, it, I go for like those second tier of adult animated shows. I don't love the. I don't like Love Family Guy. Simpsons is good. I really like Simpsons. One of my favorites though is Bob's Burgers. That's a great. Pick. I really, I really That's like Bob, Bob's pick. Burgers. Um, funny. Okay, I like Bob. Okay, good pick. Good pick. <laughs> good pick. Uh, good, good change. I would have taken Bob's Burgers. Okay, okay. That's, That's a fantastic. fantastic. I, I cried during the movie. It was beautiful. Um, <laughs> okay. For mine, I'm gonna go with just one. I just have good memories of watching it at my grandparents' house. Um, I too don't enjoy wearing socks, so I can relate to the characters. I'm gonna go with the Flintstones. Nice. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Flintstones. Oh. Yeah, he's talking about me, and then he picks the Flintstones third. Bedrock. La 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 la. I don't remember. I used to be um, really into rocks too, guys. At one point, I was almost a geology major. Oh, really? I'm so and glad you weren't. Now I'm doing a podcast on a Wednesday night. So yeah. anyway, <laughs> but at least your podcast isn't about rocks. This is true. true. Favorite character: the dinosaurs, obviously. Good call. Yep. Dinosaurs. <laughs> what was that guy's name? Okay. Um, Dinosaur Flintstones. <laughs> I think. Dino. <laughs> <laughs> nice name. You would pick the dino. That's a good one, yeah. It's amazing. Um, I think I'm going to have to go with what I contemplated earlier just because maybe I love it more than most, but regular show. Okay. Yeah, that's solid. Yeah, I mean, you, you were thinking about taking it first. You got it in your fourth. I was. It's got to feel good. It fell. It fell. I mean, she's got a real nice, well-rounded team. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, I agree. She just needs a veteran coach. A veteran like coach. Yeah. You see, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal that veteran coach. I'm gonna steal the veteran of television. There's no no show that's been going on longer. The Simpsons. So glad to get this in the fourth round. Oh, I'm you're not stealing lie. it. You're just writing it out of nowhere. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The Simpsons. Just. Is it not? It's not on there. He just yeah he. Because uh, I forgot he existed. He, I'm not gonna lie. He took a player that was projected to go undrafted. Yeah, I, I, this is about Austin Eckler. Um, for okay. some reason, though, because The Simpsons is like one of the most popular shows of all time, just a great show. I mean, Homer, you know what I mean? Bart, great <laughs> Homer. character. Homer. Um, but Mr. Burns is the best character. That or okay. like, that or like, um, Mo, the guy who runs the bar. There's Mo a lot Stavon. of characters. Yeah. Mo Stavon. Mo Stavon. All right. That was really good. That was, thank you. Thank you. Wow, there's like, man, there is, you guys are just eating it up today. Oh, God. Because I'm like, I'm really conflicted now because, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with the Teen Titans. Okay. Not Teen Titans Go, Teen Titans, the ones Just that we saw when we were younger, when they were like teenagers. Um, good show. Good show. Even Teen Titans Go would work. I really like that one too as well. And of course, uh, Beastie Boy. Beastie. You, you can't go wrong I with Beastie Boy. <laughs> so that's that's I my go-to right there. I think it's an awesome show. Uh, I really think DC does a good job with their animated shows. If you guys are really into DC, Batman the Killing Joke is a fantastic movie for an animated. So, Batman. Yeah. All right, Eleanor. That brings us right into my audience. Let's see the Shaka Smart Greg Popovich. Shaka Smart. Clearly odd parents. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. I almost changed it to Danny Phantom. I'm not going to. Really? That would have worked too. They're both pretty good. But, you know, Wanda and Cosmo, they just. That's, I mean, that's, that's a steal on the you know, I'm not gonna lie. I gotta, I'm not gonna lie to you. I've actually never seen the Fairly Odd Parents. No that's weird. I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, I judge you more now. Yeah, I'm upset. It's super valid, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'm. You know, I'm completely for my last pick. Uh, there's two. Um, one that I don't really want to pick, but like maybe it, it could. It can't go undrafted. I feel like. Um, you ever watched a TikTok where they're kind of like reading something or it's an NFL highlight, and then like under it, it's like something. 
or like when there's a clip of uh, of Subway Surfers yep. and there's Family Guy above. Oh. Yeah. So yep. I'm not taking Family Guy. I'm taking Family Guy, but you're watching a t- clip on TikTok. Valid. Because that's a great. That's one. when that show's entertaining. Otherwise, very unfunny. Eighty percent of the time, I can't lie. I agree. Um, um, yeah. you, you guys have set me up for success. Really? Are you? I don't think y'all are ready. Yeah. I'm about to get the 2000 to like 2000. This two, is your Brock Purdy. 2002 2004 Manu Jibunibli from Argentina. That is not how you pronounce it. That's how name. David Stern pronounced it during the draft. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yep. Round two, pick 58. Manu Jibunibli. Classic. I'm going to go with Manu, the guy who beat the U.S. men's national team. The guy who was the reason that we created the dream team. Manu Ginobili. I'm going, I'm just taking him out of nowhere. I'm going with Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. You picked that over Looney Tunes? Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. It was that or the Rugrats. I'm going to be honest with you. I can't say I've ever watched a I've single episode of this. You guys have to watch it. It's a classic. Am I just like old or have I never heard of this? Or no, you're, you're sorry, young. Brother, you're younger than me. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you're the youngest one well, here. People say, am I old? What is this? Check it out, y'all. Watch the highlights. This does not look entertaining. It's so good. Okay, to be fair, I was thinking about King, picking Kick Batowski. So yeah, your opinion's mute. Yeah. Anyway, guys, that will complete our draft. Guys, give us a read through. Let us know who had the best draft. Kind of check it out. We did really good today, time wise, considering this is the most blocks we've ever had. Yeah, that's true. Uh, since our OU episode, which went for an hour and forty-seven minutes. Oh wow. So that one was comically long. I, I, that hurt. That one hurt my head. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I'm going to sign off. I want Evan to sign off, and then I want Eleanor to give us a sign off. Okay. Uh, but Eleanor, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I hope you had a good time. I know we did. This was pretty good. Oh, yeah. Pretty happy with these NFL this talks. One, yeah. I'm glad that we all kept our very level-headed and nobody started screaming to the camera at one point. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't say anything like really mean about the Cowboys. I, res- I respect Eleanor too much to do yeah, that. Yeah, it's because yeah. she's here. I yeah. respect yeah. Eleanor too much. I could feel that, and I appreciate it. Because I knew for, like, she could just instantly just roast me back. Yep. And so I was like, I mean, I have no, I'm fans of no good teams. As, yeah. As long as you're not a bandwagon fan, that's the most important thing. That's no, you're not, so. you guys. I mean, look. I got the stars, the Spurs, the Saints, stars the Rangers. Good. Stars are Saints. Good. The Saints. The Rangers. I have nothing. I have nothing. Stars are good. But that's okay. Stars are good. Uh, uh, I have the San Antonio Missions, Triple A ball. They're pretty good. I'm with you uh, on the Rangers, though. You feel me? Hurts. Although our pitching, our pitching's getting good. Their pitching's gonna be like top three next pitching's year. Pitching's getting good. Offense will yeah. be bottom yeah. three. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna hop out, guys. Once again, thank you always for your constant support. We didn't even get to mention the very beginning of the show. This is episode 20. Yeah, 20, that's right. 20 episodes we have put 20 out, episodes. y'all, since August. I'm so unbelievably proud of the work that we've Round done. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Uh, we are three away from our Jordan episode. Oh, the Jordan episode's going to hit. is where we will be talking, and Evan's finding this out for the first time ever. Oh, I am. Which is where we will be having a discussion on who the NBA GOAT is. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah, oh, no. Because it is Michael Jordan. And that's all that I got to say. Do you pick LeBron? No, you can pick whoever. Well, then it's not a discussion if we both agree. Okay, we say why I'm LeBron's sure made. I'm you'll find a way to discuss it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We'll figure it out. It's going to be a two-minute episode. We're just going to say Jordan's better and then, and then leave. Yeah. I think that would be an awesome episode. That would be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm hopping off once again. Like I said, guys, thank you for your constant support. Remember, we are now on Spotify. We are now on Pandora as well. Yeah. Amazon. And then a couple of just local podcast feeds. Hopefully, we'll have some big things coming out for you all soon. But thank you for episodes since we've been back in the swing of things. Feels good. I'm Jacob Campos, passing off to Evan Beath. Thank you guys so much for being here. And thank you, Eleanor, of course, for being a fantastic guest on our episode. This has been one of my favorite episodes, a lot of fun. And 
thank you guys for the constant support for everyone who's listening along. You know, went a little bit over an hour. We've been did did a pretty good job the past three weeks about getting it under. But special episode, Cowboys hate episode. Of course, we have to go a little longer. Um, <laughs> seriously though, thank you guys so much for supporting. It's been great. The first twenty episodes. Here's to twenty more, and uh, another forty after that. Another eighty after that, until we're at six thousand episodes. So, I yeah. like it. Yeah. Good math. I like it. That That's good. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm so happy that I got to come today. It's my first time not only being on the 40-yard line, but also listening to it happen. Sorry for uh, being a novice. But I have flipped the switch, and I'll be listening from now on. So stay tuned if you want to hear um, more fun things, because I'm sure that we'll be they'll be able to come up with some fun arguments and discussions. So oh, we always argue about the worst but, stuff. Um, my takeaway from the day is I hope Jerry Jones retires, which never will happen, but that's my takeaway. He's too old to retire. This is Eleanor Stein signing off. Have a wonderful day, and uh, go Cowboys. We can't end it on you. Yeah, um, <laughs> I gotta talk, guys. I gotta yeah. talk, guys. Uh, Brock parties him. Uh, hook of horns. <laughs>